episode two of the Dynasty Points Market Report is here for you. This is going to be a very different show than anything else that you've gotten at fantasypoints.com in terms of Dynasty content. I, of course, am your host with the most time on his hands. I am Thomas Simple. You can find me at El Nostra Thomas everywhere. And did you know that the real name for a hashtag is an octothorpe? The octo refers to the eight points in the symbol, but according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, the thorpe portion is still a mystery. Jesus Christ. Well, I am Tom Lee, and I'm back. You can find me on X, which has now changed its name, at Tom underscore Lee, spelled L-I-E 92. And we're bringing a little Australian flavor back. So did you know it's still technically illegal to wear hot pink hot pants after midday on a Sunday in Australia? (laughs) I can't believe that's actually true. Doesn't stop Uh me, but it's true. (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm Andy Buckler. You can find me on Twitter or X at Andy underscore Buckler. That's B-U-C-K-L-E-R. And did you guys know that in high school, Teddy Bridgewater and Amari Cooper played together and they combined for 40 touchdowns? Imagine being a DB in high school having to play against that. And they were just at a regular high school, too. Oh, my God. Not like a prep school or just a regular ass regular high school. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Imagine like, man... I got a D in math today, but I'm so glad I get to play football. And it's Amari Cooper and Teddy Bridgewater. Like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'm going to badminton. It's over for me. Of course, as you heard, there's a new voice on the podcast today. It is Tom Lee. I mentioned him on Dynasty Points. He is the best Dynasty player that I have come across in my time. Uh, He never isn't competing unless he truly decides he doesn't want to. Uh, he competes by accident. He's so good. And I've never victoriously come out on top in a trade with him, yet I continue to trade with Tom Lee. And of course, Andy always back with us as per usual. We are recording this show on the 1st of February. And the way we're going to do things from now on, on this program, we're going to have, we're going to split this into two. We're going to have a nice little casual conversation about Dynasty. And we're going to put in the hard work. But of course, we can't just do that like normal people here on this program. We have to give you a little bit something extra. So, Tom Lee, walk us through what we have for for this conversation. Part one, like you said, a casual conversation. So I thought we'll spice this this up a little Aussie flavor and bring you a little bit of the Aussie sort of uh, vernacular into the year. Uh, So we're calling this segment It's Smoko Time and I'm fanging for some Maccas. Uh, our lighter look at the dynasty landscape, and uh, this week we're looking at what to do in the early off season of your fantasy or dynasty uh, leagues. Yeah, and it's it is very important. And if you don't know what any of that means, okay, yes. it just means you're going out, you're ready for a smoke break, to nice and relax at work, and you want some McDonald's, <laughs> right? Am I? That's right. Did I nail that? Spot on. Yep. There we go. That's what's Smoko up. Time. <laughs> it's Smoko time, and I'm fanging for some Maccas. I, man, I love it. But it, it's a it's a genuine question and something yeah, that you... everyone needs. To, I have heard of leagues, which I think this is asinine, and if your league does this, uh, don't call the like the commissioner and threaten to kill his family. Like, we don't – you don't want to do that. Uh, but you should all band together – and push for a vote like normal people and vote to have it 
so your transactions are not locked until the Super Bowl because that is yeah. stupid. Um, there's no break in Dynasty. But Andy, something you want to mention here, what is something that is crucially important to do very early in the offseason aside from just joining 10 startups? What I do on the Smoko time with the Mackers is I, I I go and I look. Um, well, like you said, you definitely want to peep the waiver wire every single day. If you have open waiver wire, like uh, daily running daily waivers, look every day at anybody that's like on sleeper. They have the trending tab. Just look anyone who's young and exciting. Just just add them. Who cares? You could drop them before your rookie draft. Just just in case we get some type of news and maybe you can get a free third round pick. But I think what's really important to do is you look at the teams that are old. Like they're old early in the offseason. Maybe they didn't win. They didn't win last year, and they're just old. And you could see that at least you think they're about to blow the team up, but they haven't said anything yet. Try to get to him first and try to get some deals on those players. Like now is the time in the offseason when the players aren't scoring points, like the Amari Coopers, the Cooper Cups. So you can get them for way lower than you could in a couple of months, even after the rookie draft. So I would go to those teams that have like the little dusty, the dusty uh, rosters and try to see if you can make some plays on some of those players before some of your other league mates get to them. Yeah, I think it's very important. Tom? For me, it's dump the junk. Go through your roster. Anyone you added to try and get to or try to sort of, I guess, counteract anyone else picking them up on a playoff run, get rid of them. Mm. All the people that you picked up as just add-ons that are taking up roster spots that are going to stop you from doing those waivers, like Andy said, ditch them. Get rid of it. Clear it out. Get the junk going. Make sure your league's rolled over so you can reaccess the taxi squads and stuff as well and go through and just have a look at that roster to make sure you've trimmed as much fat as you can within reason um, so you can go and make these transactions. It's one of those things people get lazy with. And like you say, if you check the trendings and all of a sudden, then you've got to make in that in that moment a decision of who to cull and what to do to your roster to try and get them on. It's just one of those things you can do straight up. Have a look at it, get rid of the junk, and go from there. Use all the spots. Use all your taxi yeah. spots, all your roster spots. Make sure you don't have any uh, link spots. Yeah, fill all the spots up for sure. Yeah. Like if you have like Josh Palmer on your roster right now, like just drop him for an ambiguous running back or like a tight end that might play, pick him up for a quarterback. Somebody dropped that like isn't signed right now. Cause you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Pinpoint ambiguous situations. Is it probable that these players have prominent roles? Absolutely not. Is it possible that maybe sort of, they might have a chance. And I think tight end is a smash for this. Uh, Conklin. Yeah. I love yeah, I love I love Conklin. He's great. Could be on your waiver wire at this point if somebody dumps him. Monitor the players. Your league mates might potentially drop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like key examples is offseason, right? Jerome Ford and Kyron Williams. Not necessarily droppable, but these are fringe roster guys from a year ago. Both were top fifteen on the on the season as running backs. So mm-hmm. there's heaps of stuff out there. If you have five spots, add five people, like we were talking about before. You just don't know. Um, you never know how it's going to filter out. And who actually has talent? Like, we haven't seen it. Like, I think it was in the early uh, preseason, the Batakanda was getting a lot of play for the Jets. You know, speculative ad, but if he's got juice and looks good, add him on. Um, mm-hmm. And you can speculate wildly without having seen it at this point in the year. So Yeah. I think like Jameis, Wentz, Davis Mills, I think all those guys should be rostered in every dynasty league right now because we just yeah. don't know what will happen. So I think we should add yeah. all of them. Xavier Gibson, another example, a Perfect really example. a nobody. 
with the Jets had uh, a cup of coffee. Uh, Evan Hall. Evan Hall for the Colts running back. 100%. All all those guys that are gross to you in season can be valuable to you in the offseason. And worst case scenario, you just drop them again. Now, I'm not saying go trade a fourth-round pick for them. Don't do that shit. Don't do that. That's exactly what I was about to say. Was if you pick them up, go and trade them for a fourth round pick if it's like, you know, a third round pick because you're going to get these articles such and such looking good in the preseason. Perfect. Best shape of his life. Yeah. I I bet. He's not playing football. (laughs) First guy in, last guy out, sneaky athletic, best shape of his life. Quarterback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, trying to. More like getting, more, more like getting. The quarterback coffee, like I don't think these guys mm. that we're talking about are the ones having the coffee, but they might be getting no, it for them, Absolutely. Uh, carrying their pads, just whatever they have to do, taking their notes, yeah. dry cleaning, etc. But it's these low end guys that can really be worth something mm. down the down the line and in the off season, because again, none of us know, none of us have any idea. So I think that's important. And before we move on, I think there's one last crucial piece of information that is pivotal to your success. Stay in contact with your league mates. I mean, Tom Lee, you and I previously on the walkabout used to hammer this home every week. Talk to your league mates. League mate that pissed you off in week nine because he wouldn't give you running back X for, you know, a third and a a third and a fourth. And you like didn't talk to him the rest of the Get year. Screw that it. guy. Get over yeah, it. And those bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go. Hey, how's it going? What are you thinking? You know. What about that? Lie. Lie your <laughs> ass off to yeah. to talk to them. Yeah, I'm really kind of thinking this might be bad. You know. Just engage, but lie if you have to to get yeah. something out of them. Figure out where they are at. If you're not lying, you're not trying in fantasy football. And I'm pro being the bad guy here. Um, try to get an idea of what they're looking to do, yeah. right? Oh, I see you've got yeah. pick like 105. I mean, are you looking for a quarterback? Because, you know, maybe we can work something out for my quarterback X, you know, yeah. if you're not sure what to do with the one. Do Get in contact. Yeah, throw random polls up but... in the chat. Get some get some chat started. Just have a little, yes. yeah. just open up those lines. Send some funny tweets or something. Just get the league mates trying to talk and get them talking. Yeah. And just depends just what anything. Are. Yeah. Like we used to do it all the time. Yeah. Andy, one one thing I do all the time in leagues, and Tom Lee has seen me do this, as Tom Lee is also a member of the legal record for the Dynasty Point show with Jacob and I. Um beat me. Uh drives me nuts. Um but anyway, bastard. I'll get over it. So sure. one thing I like to do is I, I like to deliberately complete a trade that makes no sense. Yeah. Like we'll trade five fab for five fab because what it, it sounds really stupid. You're laughing. Yeah. Yeah. But what it does is it makes everyone check the league. Right. They get happening. the notification it's like, oh, a yeah. trade got made and they'll oh go and God. check their phone. Oh, my God. Who what? What the hell? And then people are laughing and they're commenting and then they're like, yeah. you know what? Now I am trying to make a trade. Then someone puts a player up on the block that no one's yeah. actually going to make an offer on because just putting guys on the block is really stupid. And and yeah, but it gets, it gets like Will Ferrell says, it gets the people going. Gets the people right? going. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> so those are very important 
for you to do in your off season, and you should be doing it all the time. And yeah, lie, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and if look, if there's something that you're doing in the off season that we haven't mentioned, drop it in the comment section. Absolutely. Drop it in the comment section. Tag us in the Discord. Right, and let us know. We'll have a full conversation about. Tell me why I'm the bad guy for constantly lying to my league mates, because I do it all the time. And getting them back on shows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I look. I'm a sucker. It was a long. It was a long journey to get Tom Lee back, but we needed him because, again, he's just a damn good dynasty player. So <laughs> listen to Tom Lee more than me, probably. But we're gonna take another break. When we come back, we're getting in to the good stuff. Sit tight. Can't wait. Okay, Tom Lee, why don't you explain to the people what we have coming up in this section, the most important section of the program. So there's some stuff from the past that we've changed, and there's some stuff that was just too good to, to let go. So this segment we call Hard Yakka. Hard yakker in Australia is getting out there on the tools, in the sun, sun on your back, beads of sweat falling from your forehead, fanging for a beer, getting stuck into the hard work. Um, and this week we're looking at uh, panning for veteran gold, uh, separating the gold from the old, the nugs from the mugs and the money from the dunny. And if you don't know what a dunny is, well, look it up online. Um, the real question is, is now the perfect or the most terrifying time in fantasy and dynasty to add a veteran to your roster to improve the value? That's a great question. I'll start with Andy here because I'm interested to hear what he has to say. And I think my answer is going to be long winded. So I want to start with Andy. I actually think right now, like as in 2024 off season this year is the best time to add vets because especially at the running back position, just because of how bad this class is projected to be. So a lot of guys like the James Connors, um, the guys that are projected to have like big workloads and like look really good at the end of the season are like 12th round startup values right now, probably available for like, you know, 208 to 212. I'm talking like, you know, James Conner, Derek Henry, all those dudes, like they're going to have jobs and they're way cheaper to get. So I think now is the best time to buy those way more than in years past where it would be time to sell them just because like the class is projected to be really bad. Like we might not get a third round running back this year. We probably like almost probably 80%. We won't get a second round running back in the NFL draft this year. So I think now is the time to buy those guys. And even with the receivers, like as I've like, I used to be an ageist really, really bad. Um, and I still, I still have that bias. But I kind of just stopped caring about I kind of stopped caring about it, right? Like I'm way more like likely to buy the Devontae Adams, the Stefan Diggs. Like I'm way more like, likely to buy those dudes now and give up like the Jacoby Myers in the second. Like those just those type of players. So I think now, honestly, for me is the perfect time. Way more than it used to be in the past. I think now is the perfect time to just go get those players because they're going to be so much more expensive by the time September hits. Yeah, I can't disagree. I think this is the best time. And I think it's without question the best time. If you, but I got, you got to have the stones to go and do this because there is a chance that these veteran players have their season blown up for the most part. The free agent running backs, like Andy mentioned, huge. And we got Barkley, Jacobs, Pollard, Eckler, Swift, Henry, Singletary, Moss. No one cares about Dobbs. His, his career is definitely over. But even, even somebody like Gibson. Yeah. 
We we don't know what they could be, but they're definitely cheaper than before they get signed somewhere and they have an established role. As soon as they have an established role, their price is going to go up. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Right. Ronald Jones, when he was a free agent, oh yeah, cost you nothing. Now he still ended up costing you nothing because he did nothing because he's horrendous. But when he signed with Dallas, it's like, oh, is he is he going to be the LDD to to- for for Tony Pollard? And believe it or not, you can move him for a third. If well, especially, you do when player trade search. The, especially when he signed with the Chiefs, the first time he was a free agent. Yeah, and he, exactly. Yep, exactly. Price went up. So by these ambiguous situations now, because we don't know, is Austin Eckler ever going to be a lead back anymore? I doubt it. Uh, he said he may not play if they they treat him like an undrafted free agent, which I hate like to have someone break it to him how they treat 30-year-old running backs coming off an injured season. But I think he'll definitely get a job. Is Saquon Barkley the elite back anymore? Andy hates his guts, but <laughs> I think he's very, very good, and he's the yeah. cheapest he's going to be. He signs a free agent contract somewhere with a competent offense. Saquon Barkley in Baltimore, his price is going to go through the absolute roof. Anywhere that needs a running back and has the money to spend, Barkley shows up, his price is going to triple. Derrick Henry is really cheap right now. Very cheap. Tenth round startup pick cheap. Signs with Dallas on like a two-year, $15 million contract. Jeez, that's a late one. Because you know he's scoring 12 touchdowns. It's just what's going to happen. So get the running backs right now. Maybe we talk about one in this segment right here. But I, I think you're right. I think this is the perfect time to get them. Even even a guy like Calvin Ridley, who I like take giant dumps on yeah. at every every chance I get because everyone that told me he was worth two first, he's not. Never was. But he was when I sold him for two first. He was. <laughs> you so much. Because uh, you did get to do that. But Cal- Calvin Ridley, his expected fantasy points was was barely lower than A.J. Brown. He was top 10 yeah. in expected fantasy points last year. It just, if if Trevor Lawrence was at all the prince that was promised, we, those points would have been realized, but he wasn't. But he might be. He's still going to have a role. So what is he at worst, right? A low-end yeah. wide receiver too, but you're going to get him for for nothing compared to what his price is when he signs or we know what his role is. We know who his quarterback's going to be. You take those chances right now. And like we do in this segment, we have gone out and we have pulled real-life trades using various trade finder tools for Dynasty and we are going to go over what we want to do. So, Tom Lee, this is what's going to happen. You are going to read the trade, and we are going to pick. Now, each one of us has highlighted some players. Yep. Uh, so, for record, on the show sheet, mine is uh, yellow. <laughs> Just so everyone knows when they're reading it. Um, but we're going to – you're going to ask the question. We're going to answer it, and we're going to talk about each player. Yeah. So, first up, Tom Lee, who do we have? Well, firstly, I love that in a segment that we ask the question, 
Andy's response included none of the players we're about to talk about. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was particularly poignant. I'm like, oh, these are all good examples. We're not talking about any of them. So yeah, you were saving them, Tom Lee. That's what sure, it is. Sure, no, it's... great. Good craft. Master of the craft, I've heard. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, that'd be a good guy to cover. Um, no, we're starting with uh, with the man of the Super Bowl, possibly, Patrick Mahomes. Who, Brock Purdy? want to talk about Patty Mahomes. Yeah, right. No, he's not old enough because he's actually worthwhile. Uh, no, Patrick Mahomes, 28 years old. So the whole idea of this was to try and pick veterans who, depending on what category they're in, are unappealing either based on age or because they're starting to become assets we're very familiar with but don't know where to value them or what to do with them. So Mahomes is a guy who had a huge fall off this year, slid down to 12th in points per game in PPR scoring, uh, which is a huge drop away from what this, this man's potential is. So... Um, 28 years old, still, we know that contract is on. But the first trade we found for him was Justin Herbert and a 25-1 or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'll take the Herbert. Herbert and a one for sure. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm, I'm Herbert and the one uh, for sure as well. Herbert last year was the QB2 for, you know, like five weeks, six weeks until he gets hurt again, hurts the finger again. Everyone on his offense just dies again. Second year in a row, the dude has had like – probably the worst run out a quarterback we can imagine with the broken ribs last year, the finger and all the weapons are getting hurt this year. I'm taking Herbert in the first, like for sure. Cause I think um, they're going to be a similar production that the buying power of that first is just uh, going to be really good. So I'm definitely taking the Herbert side. Well, you're getting three worth, years. You're getting three yeah. years here. Spot on. Yeah. For what it's worth, I'm also taking Herbert in the first. It's just interesting with like what you mentioned there, Andy, with Herbert and his entire offense getting injured Uh I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon. So there is a little flag on Herbert and what's going to happen with that team. Hey, Quentin Johnson went on, on oh, no. and quoted that with Harbaugh, Breakout. He's, 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 he feels he's due for resurgence. I don't know when his initial surgeons happen, like when he yep. surged the first time, but he's ready yeah. for a resurgence. So you put some respect on that offensive name. Sure. Tom Lee. And they, and they do have a top she, five pick. They do have a top five pick. That's Bowers, yeah, baby. An offensive lineman. <laughs> no, it'll be a, it'll be like a, yeah, be. insert some defensive lineman from Michigan. That's that's yeah. what'll happen. Just watch. In, JJ McCarthy chewing, chewing fingernails in the fourth, hoping they take a wide receiver. <laughs> Blake Corum, anyway. Blake Corum at the one hundred and five. Oh my right. god! Now, hey, third round Blake Corum, I'm all in. Uh, <laughs> no, you are right. I think you are right. But let's not let's not pretend like Herbert. No, has still been like the, the best quarterback yeah, of all time. Still an easy the- top 10 guy as a quarterback in fan and dynasty, plus a first. I mean, yeah, unlike, unless something massive changes from Mahomes where you can flip him for the three firsts that it was many years ago, um, the process I think of Herbert in the first makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because um, you, the second, you tri- just, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm saying just because you, you just look at it as a, like, as in a startup, right? Mahomes is the 102. Herbert's the one eight. So if you go from the one hundred two to the one hundred eight, and you grab a first, easy money. I think there. If you look at it, it's a really good out. way to reframe it for a lot of people, especially as startup season starts. Um, yeah, it becomes really important to remember those sort of things. Yeah, but I'm right. sorry. So tra- <laughs> you're going to trade trade two. We take a bit of a tier down here. Trevor Lawrence and the twenty four one hundred four and one hundred uh, sorry two hundred four. So one hundred four, two hundred four, and Trevor Lawrence tearing down from Herbert. We talked about the people's prints, at least by haircut. Do we think that Lawrence and the 104 and 204 this year is worth Patrick Mahomes? Oh. <laughs> the question is, what do you think of um, Trevor Lawrence, right? This is this is what it comes down to. 
Man, I th- I think it's enough that I would pull the trigger on Lawrence in the f- first and second for me because we know how good and freakish Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. And we know that Trevor Lawrence has been mid, right? Yeah. And I talked with Paul Patterson in the on the Pure Potential podcast last night, which is out now. You can go look that up. We talked about Trevor Lawrence at great length. He has talked me into there being enough surrounding him in terms of narratives to yeah. somewhat explain away some of the negatives, the injuries constantly, just not good situations. He's had elite games. You're talking 104 and giving me neighbors yeah. or Bowers or Jaden Daniels on top of Trevor Lawrence and then insert your favorite wide receiver at 204. Yeah, I, I think at this point in the season, I'm more inclined to do that. Mahomes is amazing and he'll forever be amazing. The only problem I have with Patrick Mahomes is his floor is just as low yeah. as Trevor Lawrence's. So, like, look at this year. He was the worst top five quarterback that you could have had for most of this year. Granted, he didn't have a lot of help. Whatever you want to say. Oh, he looks great in the playoffs. Now, that's just what he does. I would use this playoff run to go and make a deal like this. And not just because of that. The 104 is just going to gain more and more momentum. So it doesn't even mean you have to make that pick. So looking at this in a non-lateral move, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would take the 104, the 204, and Trevor Lawrence right now. That's basically a four-first evaluation. Yeah. Yeah, this one was really tough for me. And uh, at first glance, I think it's the Trevor Lawrence and the 1-4. But the more I think about it, I think I just want Patrick Mahomes. I think Trevor Lawrence is like – He's like a fake, he has like fake job security, right? Like he's like the the quarterback where it's like, oh, you know, he was a top pick. He's going to be a quarterback in Jacksonville for the next 10 years. And he's all this. He just like hasn't been good. Like for three years, he hasn't been good. And, you know, people still like like to put him in like, if we're talking like real life lists that he's like a top eight quarterback or even like with Herbert, this hasn't shown that he had a really bad rookie year. We gave him a mulligan on his rookie season because he had uh, Urban Meyer. Second year, way better. Not great. Third year, right back to being pretty mid. I just don't want to. I just don't think he's a proven asset really at all. And I don't want to look back in three years and Trevor Lawrence is on the the Jared Goff path, and I don't have Patrick Mahomes anymore, and I have you know a rookie a rookie receiver or third year receiver at that point. So I think I yeah. just want to take Patrick Mahomes with that. You know, again, I go back to the startup value. Uh, Lawrence is now a mid second round pick in startups, and that one hundred four probably call it an early third. So it's a it's a mid second early third to get the one oh two. Think again, just I just want Patrick Mahomes. And I know the second, but uh the second that's just like a receiver, like a ten another tenth round pick, I guess. I don't really like I'm I'm more focusing so on the top pick and the and the quarterback. And I think I just want Mahomes on that one. Interesting. Yeah. I think process wise, I like I shake out the same. The the fear for me is I have shares of Mahomes and I have none of Lawrence. So watching on, nothing inspires me to go and trade away those shares, and that's the mindset. I have just based on like the experience I've had. So like Tom said, there could be heaps out there that Lawrence could be completely different or could still be the guy. Um, for me, in this point in the offseason, I'm probably still holding Mahomes just because I think 
He's still in the playoffs. He's still, if he wins another Super Bowl MVP, his price insurance for me holds better than the potential of the 104th and now. Um, and I could look at something different to Lawrence. I don't feel like I have to take this offer right now. Um, I could either sit on it and mull it and try to get a little more out of it, or I can let Mahomes' price and his, you know, 12th and PPR, uh, sorry, points per game finish sort of fade to the oblivion as the Super Bowl approaches and then look for something else if I want to in this offseason. I think trading away at Mahomes is not a bad call this offseason. It just depends on what the return is, and Lawrence and 104 is not doing it for me just yet. Right, but realistically, the four first plus price for Mahomes is not really attainable in no. established leagues. Like no one's ever actually going to no pay, pay that. This no. is probably the closest you're going to get to that. Now imagine we talked about how the Chargers need some. Imagine neighbors, right, going to the Chargers. What if Jaden Daniels? What if the th- the first three picks are quarterbacks? Yeah. What if we go Caleb May Daniels? Now, Daniels is going to shoot up Superflex rookie drafts. And also, by the way, these are all PPR, all 12 team, all Superflex. Forgot to mention yes. that at the top. But what if Daniels gets that top 10 draft capital we want, even top five? He's going to shoot up Superflex boards. May is going to stay at the 102. Now you're looking at a legitimate possibility of not having to move up too far, potentially to get a Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Trevor Lawrence, that's Mahomes worthy to me. So that's what I mean by looking at it in a non-lateral sense uh, or an indirect sense anyway, that you can get more value from this pick just not being a 104. You can really start applying some of the elite potential with that pick down the road, which is why I'm I'm more there. Trevor Lawrence is the only part of it. If that's Herbert and that pick, I'm in. It's purely down to the talent of the other guy. So, yeah, and I know that sounds obvious, but, like, it's – it's just one of those ones of an unknown as far as a player I sure. haven't got a lot of shares of. So like if I got, looking if closer, Lawrence, I could easily be swung. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence ever ends up with 16 to 18 points per game, I think that trade's a win. Yeah. Massive. If you're getting yeah. – I mean, you have to be okay with this potentially blowing up in your face, but I don't want to spend too much more time on this trade specifically. Yep. Let's talk about the next deal. So, Dakota, Mr. Dak Prescott. <sighs> this is a guy um, I do have a lot of shares of. So this one particularly intrigues and excites me depending on what your responses are. So we found out that Dak traded for Bryce Young and the 107. Let's go Crazy. to Andy first just because of the Bryce Young take earlier. This is like this is again similar to the Trevor Lawrence Mahomes trade that we just talked about. I want Dak here cuz I think I just don't want to take on that risk of the Bryce Young, like the bucket he's in, like I talked about earlier, the bucket he's in with his rookie season, the chance that he has a chance to be in, you know, two, three years, like a legitimate zero in dynasty. And yep. he hasn't, he doesn't run the ball. We know that he's very little. He doesn't run. That wasn't in his college profile. So he doesn't even have that ceiling. If he does end up being like a good NFL quarterback, he's not going to be a great fantasy quarterback. Yeah. So you and, and he obviously has like he he has no insulation at this point. Like even he has that little sliver of a hope that he was just the number one pick, but he's just not an asset you could trust. He's an eighth round, like eighth round startup pick at this point, seventh, seventh to eighth round pick. And that one oh seven, that's a tear break. So you yeah. got the you got the first two picks. We know who those those are. Those are a tier of their own. Then we got the one oh three, one oh four, one oh five. Then there's that sixth player. That's like where Brock Bowers or Dunze right there. And that seventh pick, like the tier, it just falls off the table after pick six. So you get a like a tier three, tier four rookie and a quarterback who most likely has no ceiling and has a chance to be a legitimate like 
a legitimate NFL bust. I think you have to yeah. take Dak there. I think you're just taking all the risks in this trade for like no reason. Dak's think- 30. We don't really care about the age though. So. Yeah, I think you can see how this trade came together, right? Someone's trying to get younger and again, another asset. So I understand the concept of it, but I do agree that the floor of Bryce Young is probably too far to fall. The idea of trading Mahomes down to a known value in Herbert made a lot more sense because you get what you believe to be a set asset for a long period of time. Here, what could be with Bryce Young is terrifying to me. Yeah, I just want Dak here for everything you guys said. I don't don't really have much more to add. This is... This is... um overthinking dynasty a little bit yeah so the second trade we found was Dak and the 109 so adding a first here or joe burrow and the 212 so this time in theory getting younger at quarterback getting more elite in theory at quarterback but trading away one of your own good possible assets and a 109 and Dak. thoughts yeah i'm gonna take Dak here again because i think um you know, Dak and Burrow as the um, like as fantasy players, very similar players. Neither of them run at this point. Burrow is young; he's young, but he's also older than we think. You know, he came in as a five star, uh, five uh, five year player in college. He's 26, 27 at this point, just a little a little older than a normal like you know four year player would be. So he's our, he's not even that young. We don't care too much about it at quarterback. We don't care about age, right? We look at it at years. Like Dak probably has at least four years left of playing very well and like i said neither run and then you're back at the picks the 109 like again it's the tear break it's after the 107 it's even worse but that could still get you like you can still send that 109 and get like a decent contending piece you can probably get like i mean you can get Devonte adams probably plus another player for that 109 easy so then you look at dak plus Devonte adams plus another second for burrow and last pick of the second round so that's how i yeah. look at it and i would easily take dak i think like the like common perception of the trade would be Burrow is so much higher than Dak. Like he's so much more valuable and maybe there is, I think that's just like, like Joe Burrow just looks sexier in your lineup. But when it comes to scoring yep. points, I mean, they're, they're, they're damn near the same player. So I want the Dak side. I don't know about you, Tom, but that's nearly word for word. What I was going to say, you either flip the one nine for better value piece. Yeah. Um, and you compare the points on field between Dak and Burrow. And for me, it's Dak side easy. No disagreement for me here. At all, yeah. I'm taking Dak in 109 there. The it just says more about them just being pylon type quarterbacks. And oh, yeah. they can run. I get it, but yeah, sure. he's still he's still classified as the pylon quarterback. Let's let's go to the next one here because this one this one I picked. So I'm I'm interested this is to see yours. what people have yeah. to say. The old massage maestro himself, Deshaun Watson, 28 year old Deshaun. Uh, man, amb- ambiguous uh, to say the least. But we found a Sean and Mike Evans or Trevor Lawrence. Let's go straight to Tom. This is your boy. What do you think? Right. Uh, two players that I'm adamantly not wanting. So I feel like this is interesting. But I will take Trevor Lawrence here. This is where I'll take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Deshaun Watson just looked as bad as can be. And... I don't know. I I won't say it's like the stink of having Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But this is something like I do believe Lawrence is going to be better moving forward. And I don't know how much better Deshaun's going to get in Cleveland and added Mike Evans, who I know just absolutely balled out and everyone laughs at dynasty players for like wanting to eat Mike Evans forever. But I'll take the younger 
more stable quarterback asset in this case. Yeah. I actually think this is an underpay for Trevor Lawrence, if I'm being perfectly candid, but that's just, that's just my opinion here. Andy. Yeah, I agree. So earlier in the show, I called Trevor Lawrence fake job security, but (laughs) Deshaun Watson is like almost the epitome of fake job security at this point. So everyone wants to point point to that contract, right? But if he is as bad as we saw him last season, they are going to eat that money. They're just going to do it. It might look crazy right now, but it looked crazy last year if you said that the Broncos were going to cut Russell Wilson. If he's if if he's if he's ad bad as bad as that, like he's just not going to start for the Browns in two years, despite what the contract says. And like I want to believe in Deshaun Watson, right? Like I mean, we the league needs more good players, and he especially needs more good quarterbacks. And that dude was like a rock star quarterback just three four years ago, like the second third best quarterback in the league. But man, like you just you have to look at like his two whatever it is at this point season a half of playing for the Browns. You have to look at it candidly. You have to like. It's been really, really, really bad. And I think you just I think you just take this trade and you take the shot at Lawrence because I feel confident at least that Trevor Lawrence is gonna get a second contract, probably with the Jags, but somewhere at yep. least. And then you just have like he just has that like in a sense like fake insulation that you think Watson has. So I would just move and like I said, Evans is like really good, but not a player that's ever gonna go up in value. I mean, he's been like a top 10 wide receiver for seven years and no one gives a shit about him still. So you can easily buy him at any time. So he's not, he's like a, he's an asset in a trade you throw in as like a fake overpay. Cause you can always yeah. get him back. So I would take Trevor Lawrence pretty easily. And I'm not a big Trevor Lawrence guy. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think realistically, if you wanted to add Evans in some sort of like, I'm going to win next year thing, you want a better or a different quarterback to Deshaun. So it doesn't really matter how you dice it up for me. You're probably sticking with Lawrence on the insurance side of things. Um, second trade, this time we're looking at acquiring Watson. So Rashi Rice and Debo Samuel or Watson and the 208. Thomas. Yeah, I'm taking the two receivers here. Yeah. I like Rashi Rice. I like what he's going to do in that offense. I think he grows within this offense. Maybe he's not their future alpha, but damn, he's looked good. And look, Watson averaged about 15 points per game last year. And... I think there's a real world where season two Rasheed Rice averages 15 points per game. And if I really need it, I will slap Rice into my super flex spot. Because remember, super flex does not mean you have to play two quarterbacks. Not two QB then, leagues. Right. So you're getting also in here Debo, who I would take over the 208. Yeah, so, easy. yes. So I know Debo has outperformed. We're going to talk about Debo in, in a little bit here. But. He's just a good player that can average, you know, 12, 14 plus points per game as well. And getting Rishi Rice is something I want to do. So I don't have to spend too much time on this. So I'm going to take Rishi Rice and Debo here. Andy? Yeah, I would like to uh, just disagree with Tom, but I can't right now. So maybe, maybe, maybe a little later, but I would take the receivers easily because I'm just, I'm taking Rishi Rice straight up. For Deshaun Watson. Like if someone yeah. sends me a she rice for Deshaun Watson, I'm smash accepting that. And you add a second to Debo, I'm taking that too. So Easy. I want I just I want the receivers because I don't even think like I don't even think this trade's like honestly very even. It might be even in like a startup concept because Watson's gonna go a little higher because he's yeah. a quarterback. But when you get to a real league, like he's just not gonna fetch that price. So easily. Yeah, this is this is near vetoable. But vetoes are ass <laughs> and don't have them. But this is close. Yeah. I think the interesting part of this offseason is going to be Rashi Rice. So Rashi Rice is 
when I was doing the research, was the most traded player in all of these deals. So I, I tried to limit it to one Rashi Rice trade, but acquiring and ditching for different prices was fascinating. People have really varied opinions of him because he's pre-breakout-ish. Some would say he's done it. Some would say it's yet to come. So um, for me, it's the receivers as well, but it's really interesting to see what people think of Rashi Rice and we'll likely cover him on future episodes of this in some manner. Um, the last guy for me was someone I, you know, I thought might be the uh, the future of the Falcons, depending on how much they want to pay and how much the Broncos want to pay. Uh, Russell Wilson, 35-year-old, mm. dusty as anything, looking for a job. Are you taking Russell Wilson or the 201 in the 2024 rookie draft? I'll actually take Russ. I'll take Russ. I'll take yeah. the 201. The 201 is historically the worst rookie pick in the history of rookie picks. Just flat out. It's a bit of a trap. We've talked about the 201 for a long period of time, Tom and I. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm taking Russ just for the hope um, at this point, but I don't blame you for not wanting any part of it, Andy. (laughs) Russell Wilson is playing football and starting for someone in the NFL next year. Yeah. He's just going to because quarterback sucks right now. And the 201 not only being just a historically bad pick, we're talking about a guy in Russ who's still very efficient as a quarterback, could still throw the ball downfield pretty well, took a few more sacks than you'd want to. He added 265 yards rushing. Uh, sorry, just scrambling. That's not including uh, designed runs. Yeah. He could, he could still do it. And, I mean, 26 touchdowns. Eight interceptions, he's safe. He's going to net you enough fantasy points for him to be a good third QB on your Superflex team. And that 201, like I said, not only is historically bad per ADP, but I don't know in a class this lackluster to this point yeah. what kind of impact player you're going you're gonna to be able to net there. I will take the quarterback here. I don't think he just is a backup and out of the league. No, I agree. The um, the second trade we found was Russell or a twenty one, a twenty five first. And the only reason I put this in here is to talk about the process of trading away current for future. So, Tom, do you want to recap? I think for the fifth off season in a row, why it's not a good idea to buy into late first, whereas it's a better idea to trade for future first at this point. I don't even know where to begin with this because it's so unfathomably stupid yeah. that you are convincing yourself. That you can right now, my first is going to be late. I need a quarterback. Uh, I'm going to trade for Russell Wilson. I don't need this first. I got news for you. You're a stub toe, cooking accident away, turf toe, getting out of bed wrong for a 35-year-old Russell Wilson, praying too hard, pulls his back. You know, Sierra's teaching him a dance routine. He can't do it, blows his knee away from this pick, just being absolutely burnt. You don't pay future draft capital for future production. You trade that draft capital for current production. The offseason, you're not getting current production. So we're not trading future draft capital like this for an ambiguous, older dynasty asset for for something that's going to 3x in value later. It's just so egregiously stupid. And I'm more mad at you for making me sit here and go through this. That's it to the trade. people. This is how it works. Yeah. yeah. Andy, I assume you agree on that one. Yeah, easily. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a really bad trade. That's 
I don't know about Russ, but that's a trade that you probably could get off though, just because people yeah. like they just don't care about those twenty five first. Like they think and it, they like, need it's quarterbacks. People panic about quarterback year on year, right? Like this is why we but, talk like, about quarterbacks and didn't neglect them. Just wait for him to go somewhere at least. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this now? Yeah, I don't even. My blood's boiling. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's get into running backs. So we talked about the. Uh, the dislike and like and the disagreements that might come here. So Saquon Barkley, 26. Future a little ambiguous, but realistically, we know he's good, right? Can we all agree that Saquon Barkley is a good running back? And he I, won't. I cannot agree. Okay, no, that's fine. He's a I'm going to ignore that and continue on with the trades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Saquon or the 105? Let's go to Tom first. Yeah, I'm taking 105 here. I'm taking 105 for the reasons I said before, right? It's neighbors, right? It's Bowers. It's potentially Daniels. And I'll just do that over a 26-year-old running back. But it's not to say that I don't think Saquon Barkley could just be absolutely sick in 2024. Yeah. Andy? Yeah, yeah. I'm taking the 105 as well. Um, just kind of going back to, like, I guess the way I've talked about every trade is, like, in a startup context, which – this is like Barkley's a six round pick. The 105 is a third round pick. Like it's an easy yeah. smash. Like this isn't even yeah. like close to fair value. So, and Barkley just, especially for a pick like that, it's just not a player you trade for right now. You wait, yeah. you wait yeah. to trade for him. I like, I said early, I said early, early that I want to trade, like I want to acquire these guys, but not, not like this. Not like this. This is a bad way to do that. Well, this might be more up your alley. So this time we have Saquon or Godwin and the 202. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows how I feel about oh, Godwin. Yeah. Get him out. See ya. <laughs> Gone. Bye. Yeet. Out of here. So long. Farewell. Nice to know you. I mean, the, look, pass game coordinator, gone. Canalis, gone. And you're stuck with Baker without the QB whisperer. See ya. It was Mike Evans that popped for Baker Mayfield, not Godwin Sands a couple of games this year. No, no, I'm good. He is, he is a prototypical nesting doll type wide receiver gone. And the 202, no, I'm good. Saquon Barkley could be a legitimate 17 point per game running back this yeah. offseason. I'll take this. Godwin is so replaceable, and the 202 is still a long shot. I'll take Barkley here. Andy? Yeah. Um, Man, you just dumped on Rod God, former Penn Stater, and didn't he lie? You just had to like, crap on him like that? Yeah. That's crazy. That's actually crazy. But I'm taking uh, Saquon Barkley pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> pretty- uh, yeah. <laughs> You're trying so hard. You're trying so hard to disagree with me, and you can't. I'm waiting for you to try, and you absolutely cannot. And I love to see that you're trying to bend it in a way. I can see the the – the steam coming from your headphones trying to figure it out and you can't <laughs> oh man yeah that's easy like if you could if you could make that trade like godwin is like the prototypical fake value player yeah. like he he is such a fake value player like this is this easy trade for saquon as a guy who definitely may lean on the side of a saquon hater i'm definitely taking i'm definitely trading that for barkley Goblin's one of those guys who still, for some reason, holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. And I think they didn't have shares of him in any of the last two years. Um, well, he, yeah. Like, like you can. So I'm not saying you can get to Saquon, but Godwin in the 202 is going to get you a fair chunk of, of, um, of points next year if you trade that away this this season. Um, but I'm, I'm with you guys. Saquon pretty easily in this one. He was such um, a fake cute, like He was such a fake wide receiver one. Yeah. 
in Tampa. Like their passing rate over expected was just so unbelievable. He was getting by on nothing but volume. Yeah. And people just bought right in to the the top twelve dynasty wide receiver. And if you yeah. saw through that, you could really capitalize. Could he still be relevant to teams? Possibly. I fear Kenny yeah. Galladay. That's what I fear. <laughs> I don't. I don't fear Galladay. I fear like Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Myers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I fear for him moving yeah. forward. <laughs> we might talk yeah. about that. All right, yeah, we will. Tom's yellow highlights. Yes, <laughs> I got this. I got this. <laughs> I just, I'm going to start with how I feel about Devontae Adams, and then sure. we'll get into the trade. That way, this is good. This goes by a lot faster. Now, I want all this to be mentioned with like a bit of a grain of salt here, because if Cliff Kingsbury shows up in Vegas and he's and Adams isn't traded to the Jets or literally anywhere else. <laughs> I'm genuinely concerned that Adams will be lined up on the left side, running three routes. That's it all season. And I will be terrified of his value. But in the nine games, Devontae Adams had Aiden O'Connell as a starting quarterback. Adams finished second in first read targets only to CD lamb. Okay. He only, only CD lamb had more with 85. Adams was significantly less efficient this year. Undoubtedly that's thanks to his quarterback being Aiden O'Connell. CD led the league in receptions in this time, but Adams is in a tie with McBride and Garrett Wilson with 56. That is a 33 catch difference. Efficiency, not there. The targets were on first read, but he had a higher yards per target and a higher yard per route, route run than Garrett Wilson had. And a lot of people like to talk about how explosive and great Garrett Wilson was with bad QB play. Adams was better in that regard. He only forced three missed tackles, which is not great. So the yak's not necessarily there, but he is a technician. And as I mentioned with potential Kingsbury, he did play the exposition at 80%. So he's still an outside wide receiver that doesn't rely on the slot. And he played pretty much his expected fantasy points per game last year is one, 1.5 points below his expected fantasy points per game. Uh, he averaged 16.3 fantasy points per game, which is still very very good. His expected fantasy points would still have been good for sixth in the league in those in, in that span with those games with Aiden O'Connell. So he was still a top 10 wide receiver in expected fantasy points, right? He was right there with Ridley and Wilson finishing tied for fifth right above him. And you're getting Adams in like that sixth to eighth round startup range. He's exactly the type of person I like to buy. And you buy him now and he goes with his old buddy, A-Rod, as, as we're already starting to see in in discourse, especially if Kingsbury's there, please God, then his price is going way up. You're getting a Garrett Wilson level producer for four to five rounds cheaper. So let's talk trades. <laughs> and my favorite bit, we were going to talk about Josh Jacobs. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> it's close. But luckily, Adams is on the sheet too. So, do you want Devontae Adams? <laughs> he just had to get it off the sheet. Like, no, we're going here. We're going straight there. Yeah, Devontae we had to Adams go right there. Or Tony Pollard. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Adams. Uh, now, I'm, now I'm all messed up. But uh, it's easy. It's easily Tay. It's easily Tay for me. Cool. Devontae <laughs> Adams and a second, a 25 second, ambiguous second, or Drake London. This to me is more interesting, Thomas. Thoughts. 
Damn, I just realized we were doing Jacobs. My bad. Okay. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. I don't know why it's, I started looking at Adams just now, but all right. That's cool. Passionate man. It's important. It's topic. I was really hyped. That, you know what it is? It's because I have Adams first in my player notes. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. See, so that's, if Kingsbury does this to you, this is the fear. He does. He really, really blows me up here. Um. Oh God! Now I'm now I'm lost. Adams in the twenty-five. <laughs> I'm all bashful. London. <laughs> uh, give me. Oh man. Yeah. Give me Adams here. Ooh. Give spicy. me Adams here. I would take Andy? Adams here. I want Drake London. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I want it's Drake nothing London. against Adams. I like Adams has been fantastic. I have plenty of shares of Adams, but yeah. I just don't. Drake. I so again when I say the hesitancy in in this offense really booming. We can only hope that Drake London comes close to 170 targets. Adams is getting 160 targets no matter what team he plays on. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Drake London, I'm sorry. Drake London is just so insulated, though. Like, he's just so insulated. He's like 22 years is. old. I think, I think he is. I We're mean, already two years down in his career. Like, he doesn't survive a major injury. We watched DJ Moore live in the live in the fourth round of startups for five six years. Yeah, but we 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 watched DJ Moore suck ass, <laughs> and he still lived in the years. fifth round. Like he he still lived in the fifth round. I think like I don't know. I think I think Drake London. I think it's pretty easy for me just because you know the age insulation. Easy. It's, it's it's easy yeah. for me. Just just like he has a lot of insulation. He's like super young, and just like what he's done through like two years in a metric standpoint, like. Players like him are never not back in second round startup picks. Like you just like play the hits. You just keep betting on it. Like I would just keep betting on it. Adams is, you know, he's going to be 32 years old. I think his birthday is actually on Christmas Eve. I think that's what his birthday is. So he turns 32 in season going into his age 32 season. Adams is one of the greatest receivers ever. One of the best separators. Like I get that, but like father times undefeated, like it, it could come whenever. So I think easily for Adams, just because, I mean, easily for Drake London because Drake London just carries so much value. Like I could, I could keep Drake London and find another way to get Devontae Adams. So I want Drake London. Yeah, I wouldn't say the word's easy for me, but at the same time, I could see which way. I could see if you're thinking long term, London's appealing. I think if you want to win now, I could happily see Adams going to steal. Like I don't think it's crazy to think one or the other, but um, if I'm trying to ensure my my value long term, or at least if I'm going to retrade the player, London's probably the guy for me. So, yeah, I just I, we're just really getting to the point where London's teetering on that nesting doll scenario. Yeah. Uh, by he's, no means, he's right he's there. Yeah. yeah, so that that's I'm just putting him in that spot. All right, now let's get back to another running back, Tom Lee. Uh, let's talk Josh Jacobs. You talked about Cliff Kingsbury. What what does that impact Jacobs to you? Anything? Yeah. So seeing as how Jacobs is a free agent, that I'm not 100 percent certain doesn't. is even coming. Yeah coming back but let's let's make a case for why i like josh jacobs i actually really like josh jacobs this offseason especially at what i think his price is going to maintain until he signs did you know josh jacobs was still top 20 in targets at the position at he had 52 targets he was top 24 in receptions he's coming off back-to-back seasons with 50 plus receptions so even though he was hurt and had a quote-unquote down year he was yeah. still providing for you in the receiving game. And we love that. He'll be 26 when the season starts. This is an offense that lacked real identity, dealt with a head coaching change, de- dealt with a quarterback change. Didn't necessarily know if that quarterback change made things better or worse for him. But he's one of the youngest running backs in this poor, uh, uh, 
No, I wouldn't say porous free agent class. Pretty good free agent class and porous rookie class. He's going to be sought after. We know that he can be a bell cow. He was a top 24 rusher in only 13 games. 20% of his yards came off of explosive runs. So there's some juice in his legs. There's more there's more wiggle uh, left on the field than you would want to. Like he only forced 35 missed tackles in 2023, but he was also dealing with injuries and yet still managed a very impressive 2.29 yards after contact. He left meat on the bone. He left three expected fantasy points per game on the field, but it's going to be very rare that you see a former leading rusher who's turning 26 hitting free agency who is a legit three down skill set. He's not an LDD. He's not a pass catching specialist. And teams are going to get him at a cheaper price, in my opinion, because he's coming off an injured year. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be buying into Josh Jacobs. I'm interested to hear the trades. I have not looked at them. Uh, as you can tell by my unknowingness of where we are on the show sheet, I'm well, trying to avoid it. <laughs> but I am I am buying Josh Jacobs. I want to see how how well Tom Lee tests my willingness. Yeah, I'm also agreeing on buying Josh Jacobs. I also didn't know he was only 25 still. Uh, in my head, he's 20, he's just, he turns he's 26, 26 in February. But, but it's like, huh, there you go. It feels like yeah, he's been exactly. Now. Yeah. Well, well, that's because some questionable Twitter accounts have hyped him up for so long that people have had burnout uh, on Josh Jacobs. Wouldn't have heard of those. Uh, Correct. You would not have. Josh, Josh Jacobs in a 25 first or CMC, Tom. Mm-hmm. A man close to your heart. You do love a CMC. I do love a Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Oh, my God. The internet <laughs> might absolutely come for me if I yes. get this incorrect. Do it. Man, this is so team dependent that it's hard to say in a vacuum. Right? It really is. Yeah. Good thing but chances are, <laughs> chances are, I'm taking Josh Jacobs in the first. Andy? <laughs> I want McCaffrey. <laughs> I, want, I want McCaffrey just because I agree that like buying Josh Jacobs right now is a good idea, but I still like think you kind of talked a lot about the positives and not about like the potential risks. Like he was still, he still was like, you know, somewhat of a plotter this year. He is going to be a second contract running back. And he had, you know, the big year two years ago and he had like the curse of, you know, 300 or whatever it is. And it was really bad. So I think like the potential of him like dropping off and being like a pretty dead asset is very possible. And with CMC, it's also possible, right? He's going to be 28 uh, to start next season, going into his age 28 season. But the value he gives you a replacement is just like, it's just so, it's like, it's unmatched. I mean, he scores like a quarterback. Yeah. So I like, so I think, I just think I want McCaffrey there because. I can't like I can't get like I can get damn near Justin Herbert value like point scoring out of him. Yeah, I'm gonna change back. my answer. I'm gonna take McCaffrey. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Yeah, Andy, Andy got me. Andy got me. <laughs> so, he got me. So I agree. I'm also slightly CMC. Just out but, of interest, what damn. what 24 rookie pick would change your mind here? If this wasn't a 25 first, this was a startup. Sorry, a rookie pick this year. At what point would you look at the Jacob side seriously? One oh five. One. I was gonna say something. Yeah. One oh five. Yeah. 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 One oh six. The one oh seven is like the tear break, right? But one oh five. There's just something about one oh six. Feels. There's something about looking at a trade, and you get one oh six out of it that I'm just like, I don't. 
I don't know what it is. There's just something about seeing the six where I'm just like, Egh. yeah, okay. it sounds stupid, but it's just something about it's, it's not aesthetically pleasing to see the six. I don't know what it is. <laughs> clip, clip that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Second trade here. So this is all about acquiring Jacobs. So Tom, 108 or Josh Jacobs? Oh, Josh Jacobs. I'd take Josh Jacobs yeah. there for sure. Andy? Yeah, I'm the same. Like, as I was looking at it before, like you asked me, I was kind of starting to think maybe I would want the 108 just because I think I could be like a decent little wide receiver. But you're more in yeah. the like, that's probably like, as of we sit right now, it's probably like Troy Franklin. And he yeah. doesn't really like project great in some of the models early. So I think I would just take Josh Jacobs, even though there is that risk of him, like, you know, possibly falling off. But I mean, that's a. That's a late first. I would like, I think 108 to one toes late. So that's a late first thing. Take Josh Jacobs and he's going to sign somewhere. As soon as he signs somewhere, you could probably get your 25 first and some like, you know, fun wide receiver you like. So yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think the count, the only counterpoint would be obviously that first exponentially increase in value is what the normal assumption is. I agree with you. This is around about the price I'd go buying. Um, you don't have to do it in the off season, but um, I think this is a real trade you could get done pretty comfortably. Okay, let's do let's do one more running back, just for time's sake. Yeah. So you you let's pick go. out of the running backs left. Let's do one more. Let's go with the plotter, the guy who's with the new offensive coordinator. Oh yeah, uh, my boy from a few years ago, twenty five, going on thirty eight. Najee Harris. <laughs> uh, what are we thinking on Najee at the moment? It's funny that you ask, <laughs> because I. Have some information for you. Let's go. When Matt Canada was relieved of his duties, mercifully, for all Steelers fans, from weeks 12 to 18, Najee Harris forced the second most tackle missed tackles in the league, which is kind of crazy. He was fourth in the league in rushing. He Now, again, we mentioned it, he is more of a man-and-gap scheme runner than a zone scheme runner. So we're just going to see how Smith does deploy them and how he changes. But Smith isn't calling all the shots, which I like. I like that there's a head coach in Tomlin that is is very much going to be in control here. I think he needs that. But over the back half of the year, Najee Harris was still a top 24 running back, and you're getting him at rounds 9, 10, uh, sometimes an 8. But there's a stink on Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris? Oh, my God. Najee Harris. Uh, but we are in a buyer beware situation. We don't totally know what's happening again with Arthur Smith and his scheme, but I think Arthur Smith is a good coordinator, maybe just an absolutely ass head coach. So we'll see. And to a counterpoint, we also have Jalen Warren here, who I also am very interested in. He underperformed based on his expected fantasy points per game by nearly three full points. And he was also... Some people might think he's better in his own scheme. He was still better in the man gap scheme at a 5.57 yards per carry compared to his 3.22 yards per carry against zone. But he has a lot of juice and is a three down skill set. It would be easy to compare Bijan and Algier to Najee and Warren if you just remove the fact that Najee and Warren uh, suck ass compared to Bijan alone. I think yeah. they are a little more comparable to Al, Al, Algier. But we know now she's getting the goal line work and he's going to get 200 touches. I'm cautiously optimistic in buying Najee Harris. Let's hear the trades. So Najee or DeAndre Swift, straight up? 
<laughs> I, I enjoyed this putting this in the shade. Uh, before we, before I fully get my answer, I want to say you need to put some respect on Najee a little bit. I have two questions for you, Tom Lee. Ooh. Ooh, where okay. do you think? Where do you think Najee ranks last this past season in breakaway yep. run rate and breakaway runs? Where do you think he was this week? If you had to give it a now, he was now he was on the field for these runs. <laughs> these are these, his, these weren't Macca's runs. These are his runs. Where do you uh, think? Where do you think he ranked in the league and breakaway run rate in 2020? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he's top 12. Would I be safe in guessing he's not top 12? Mm, I don't know. No, he wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> he was surprisingly high. Mm, I, should, <laughs> I should be safe. <laughs> in, in breakaway run rate, Najee Harris was 5.5%, which was number 10 in the league. And in breakaway runs, he was number four in the league with 14. So now, break, a little bit, a little clear, bit break, of breakaway is after the line, right? Breakaway is not to the line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, it's fifteen yards. I'm learning things. This is a different. This is different in the in Australia. You're gonna you're you're gonna you start making trades here, so. for Najee again. Don't start me, please. <laughs> but as for Swift, straight up. Yeah. Uh. Man, I just. Give me, give me Najee. Honestly, give yes. me Najee. Swift's, if, even if Swift goes back to Philly, you know he's not touching the ball inside the three-yard line. Yeah. I don't care if Kellen Moore's there, right? It's just going to be tush-push all day. Jalen Hurts, even before tush-push, was rushing in 10-plus rushing touchdowns. His upside is completely capped. They do not use him as a pass catcher, at, just like the Lions didn't use him as a pass catcher as much as we wanted. Give me Najee, guaranteed 200 touches in a hopefully better offense. Probably getting eight to ten touchdowns. I'll take Najee straight up here, but I feel gross about it. <laughs> Andy, yeah, I want Najee too because um, you look at like DeAndre Swift, like his la- like this past season with the Eagles, he kind of was what we think Najee was, right? Like he he had he was the number one running back in the NFL as far as you know more um, being reliant on what's blocked for him, number one in the league. So he was like, you know, he's not making anybody miss, not breaking any tackles anymore. Like he's just, you know, straight, like if he gets you five yards, you need five yards, he'll get you three yards. So I think, um, I think I want Najee because I don't feel good about Swift's uh, future at all. I mean, he could sign back with the Eagles. And like Tom said, I mean, he's getting tush pushed to oblivion at the goal line. He's not seeing the ball at all. He doesn't catch the ball anymore with Jalen Hurts because they wanted, they just really wanted to use uh, one of my former, uh, former crushes uh Kenny Gainwell they just wanted to use him on third down all the time so I think I think I just want Najee just because at least like we're betting on who's going to get more touches neither player is very talented at this point maybe you know a couple years ago we thought DeAndre Swift was very talented he seems like he might not be so I just want I want Najee there uh, pretty easily at this point which is upsetting but I'm the same with you. I think Swift pops on film because the highlights in small snippets look good. And then you look at the game, you're like, man, this was like 6.7 points. And Najee got in on mm-hmm. a you know goal line drive and scored more points. So realistically, this year, it's not like, it's not that different. Najee has hope for next year. Like you said, he looked more explosive finally. Um, but, you know, the bar was very low for that. So I'm with you guys. I think Najee presents a little more security, but also some hope, which is nice. The second trade for this... Uh, Najee or the 201. So I'm your favorite pick. Give me Najee. You're you're getting it. Like in my opinion, a locked in 
RB two for two hundred one. That's 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 pretty good. Unless your two hundred one is like a natural two hundred one, and your team is dog water. Yeah, uh, that's important to keep in mind. Then I I don't Boy. want him. Yeah, or I don't want it. Yeah, this one's kind of tough for me too because I think I got a little more love for the two hundred one than you because I'm looking at like. I think for the most part, like Najee's going to have to, if you have Najee and you want to sell him, like the probably like the key trade is probably you're just going to have to take like a blind second in 25. So if I have Najee and I get offered the 201, I'll be honest, I'd probably just take it. I think I just accept it to just kind of like get rid of that. Cause if I, like I said, if I have the 201, I probably don't need Najee because the team is probably pretty bad. So I think I just want Najee there. I would just want the 201 now. That's what I'm saying. If it's a natural 201, then, then. And and you need that two hundred one. Then I want the two hundred one. If it's a two hundred one that you've just acquired, then yes, in a in like I would make that move. But I feel like that's important to to distinct. Like Andy said, if your yeah, team is absolutely. actually that bad that you have a natural two hundred one, don't trade that two hundred one for Najee Harris. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's it's Najee for me at the moment, unless you are absolute dog shit. <laughs> All right, wide receivers. Let's wrap this thing up. So the biggest question presents itself with this player. Is Stefan Diggs dust or is he not? Because if mm. he's dust, then the trades don't matter. If he's not dust, then the trades are interesting. Tom. Yeah, I want Tank Dell here. I want Tank yeah. Dell here. So the first trade is, is Diggs or Tank Dell, right? So yeah. one provides hope, optimism, and awesomeness for CJ, CJ Stroud. The other, I don't know what happened this year. So, hmm. Andy? Yeah, I want Tank Dell. I think, like, Joe Brady's back. He, this is a hmm. problem. Yeah, I, I think a first needs to be on the dig side to get tanked out at this point, honestly. So I, I don't think they're like comparable players at all, just straight up, to, to be honest. I mean, Tank Dell, well, I mean, he's – go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, a trade like this is like somebody that, oh, well, Tank Dell's hurt, Nico Collins is him. Tank Dell did live on touchdowns, which, which we know isn't sticky. So I can yeah. see how somebody narratives their way – into like, oh, well, Diggs is going to bounce back. He's probably going to ask to get traded. He's going to go to the Chiefs. He's going to be dope as hell, as if anyone thinks the Bills are going to make a deal with the Chiefs. But <laughs> I, I can see that there's a narrative that somebody could talk themselves into for making this trade, and I would not make it. Yeah. Yeah, this trade, to be clear, was made in season towards the middle of December. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, you can, you can see how it happens, but I'm with you guys, Tank Dell. Um yeah, it's just more fun to have him on your team. <laughs> I'm more why excited the, about putting Dell on top of Why the on. fuck was he in blocking at the goal line? It's just so stupid. Yeah. So stupid. Dumb. That's why that Slowick's not a head year. coach this year. That's yeah. why Slowick's not That's a head coach this year. That decision. He's like, maybe I need to learn to not do that. I'm going to stick around. Stupid. Yeah, that might be nice. <laughs> well, this might be more up your, your alley than uh, Tom. So Diggs or the 110. We're talking pretty late in the draft here versus what could be a top 12 wide receiver. <laughs> mm, I'll start with Andy. No, I'll start with Tom. No, no, no. Oh, go no, ahead, Andy. I'm, I'm starting with Tom. No, I push the buttons here. I make the decisions. I'm, so go I'm ahead. Du- I'm doubling and giving to the next person. I think my mic, uh, but I, like I'm mute. I can't, I'm can't quietly every time. I, all right. All right. I'm all just right, losing right, it. I don't know. No, Something's right, going no. wrong. Technical error. All right, knock it off. All right, I'll go. I got um, – I'm going to take the 110. I'm going to take the 110 because I think at this point at this point in the offseason, the 110 is just worth more. I don't have to draft that pick. I don't have to keep that pick. I just 
it's just as just a better, more liquid asset. I think I'll take the one ten because I, I don't think. I mean, Diggs isn't going to gain much value. I mean, if this is first half, Stefan Diggs, I want Stefan Diggs. But from what we saw, even in the playoffs too, I mean, he was still like, I think he had like one game. He was like five for eighty the first yeah. game of playoffs. So yeah, I think I just I want the one ten at least because it might give me more flexibility. Do something else with the one ten. Maybe get you know a player that is like Stefan Diggs, but actually projects to score some points that we can well, rely like, on. So I'll take the one ten. Like, like Quentin Johnson. Like I'm thinking, yeah, that's what I'm like. That's, that's what I'm issue. getting. Like yeah. it's gonna be like Jonathan Brooks, Brian Thompson Jr., like third round, fourth round, Blake Corum, Trey Benson, Xavier Worthy. Like I just g- give me the next three years of like high end wide receiver to Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Like if you have the one ten, you are in contention. Yeah. Right. So give me g- give me Diggs. Like, I, I just don't want the 110 at this point. And the minute yeah. Diggs has a big game, you're you're so. <laughs> you're you're doubling it and passing it on to the next person. Yeah. Like I see Andy, I'm I'm hip and cool too. I watch TikTok. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not to bash Andy, but I cannot let Stefan Diggs go for the 110. Yeah. Like I'd I no, bashing. Bashing. Terrible. The first, the first time. I'm I'm in Australia, you know. Things are pretty good. It's midday here on the second of February. You know, I'm already ahead. Yeah, of, rub it fun. in. And it feels like punching the future. Down. This is. <laughs> you can you can say no. I'm ass. It's no big deal. I'm not in any leagues <laughs> with you, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking the one ten. Admittedly, in a lot of leagues, I own the one ten, which said, yeah, doesn't back up Tom's theory that I'm the best dynasty player he's ever seen because I keep coming third. It's not third, great. Third, third place. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. All right, let's move on to the last guy. Debo last Samuel. guy before we get out of here. Yeah. The hotness. The man who peaked and then was a bit flat and then peaked again in the season. And you know, this is a guy who's being traded head to head for CD Lamb two years ago. Right? This mm-hmm. like that's that's where we're at. Um, well, but Debo Samuel or the 108. Funny that you talked about Debo Samuel because funny. I have some information for you. Well, if they had a 20.5% target share or higher, only Deontay Johnson and Marquise Brown had fewer receptions than Debo of players that had 20.5% target shares or more. That's not good. He played four points above expected in San Francisco's offense that had overproduced and expected fantasy points. He played at a 13.1 fantasy points per game. So it was 13.1 or 13.7 expected fantasy points per game in a strange 2022 season. 2022 is weird. Okay, that's where we got the end of the year, Brock Purdy, got a little bit of Trey Lance, a little bit of Garoppolo. But it's not the first time Debo has played far above his expected fantasy points. In 2021, he averaged 21.3 points per game to his 14.7 expected fantasy points per game. Debo Samuel is a player in an offense that is built to overperform. He's 28 years old. He looked incredibly healthy. He gave you an additional 1.5 fantasy points. With his rushing, and if you are in a league with a setting that is becoming more and more popular, which is points per rushing attempt, he increases his value there as well. What you're realistically getting is a wide receiver that has a 12 to 14 point per game floor and a 30 to 35 point upside any given week. So I like Debo. I am buying him. I am again anxiously awaiting you to test me to the brink. So let's hear it. 108 or Debo. Ugh, 108. 
What a spiel. We had it. This is the guy. 14 points to 30 points. The future. He's 28. He's explosive. He's on the best offense, arguably, depending on who you support. Um, Yeah. I'm still going to take... So Debo's also a guy that uh, could look very different as he progresses. So... Yeah, I'm still going to take 108 because I think that Debo's price doesn't have a chance to go up here. Yeah. I don't think uh, there's any situation where he has a chance to go up. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas 108, like I know we're taking a big shit on this class, but one, like 108 to 110 is a big difference to me. Yeah. Well, as soon as like, the draft happens, we always know there's going to be guys that shoot up and push the, the tiers right. down slightly, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not we're saying 107 is going to become the new 101. We're never like, going to say that. If but Blake Corum does get. Like, what if Blake Corum does go somehow in the second round of the Chargers? Or he goes in the yeah. early third round? Like, I I know I just joked about, like, Blake Corum at 110 and how I would prefer Stefan Diggs, but I would prefer Stefan Diggs to, to Debo still. Yeah. So, like, I know he had a really bad end of the year with Joe Brady. I don't think that's the whole story. I think maybe there was an injury there. I think just things just shifted a little bit. I can't buy that Stefan Diggs just died midway through 2023. So maybe this is just a little bit of bias for me, but I'll take 108 here, even though it may not make total sense, but I'll take 108 I think, here. I think just quickly on that Bills offense as well, the amount of picks that Josh Allen started throwing as winter hit became a real concern. So and like taking from, shots downfield was no longer a priority. It's we need to get this team to the playoffs and try to win. Like it, it just completely changed. Yeah, but remember, you're not allowed to call Josh Allen out for throwing interceptions. He's still an elite passer of the football, according to everybody. Even though he th- he's he's actually kind of shitty at playing quarterback. He just My rushes for to Josh Allen twelve to fifteen family. touchdowns. Um, yeah, anyone I've offended with those statements, I, I retract right. them. That's important. Yeah, yeah, throw better, uh, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I want the one hundred eight because with Debo, I think you know, he's twenty eight years old. He just turned twenty eight. I think he's another player that maybe people look at as a little younger than he is. I think his 28 means a little more than other people's 28 because we do have to look at how he scores his points. Like, right. He is, I mean, he's a, like, he's a running back a little, you know, he gets the carries and he was um, wide receiver 95 or 92 and average step of target. So he works around the line of scrimmage. He's very prone to injury, more prone to injury, like um, more prone to injury than a normal receiver with the way he's utilized and the way he's more like, the way he's, yeah. yeah. So, and like I say, he's 28 years old and, I just think I think it's easier the 108 because I don't see him going up, and I just worry about his age because I worry about how he's gonna um, just how he ages because of like I said the way he's used. I keep uh, repeating myself, but I just once once some of his um, athletic ability goes away, like I don't know if he can just win strict, strictly like on the boundary as a receiver, mm-hmm. like which I know he did show. I know he had 1,400 receiving yards two years ago, and he was like like you said the dynasty wide receiver three, but I'm not sure he can he's gonna age as gracefully as you know like Stefan Diggs even has. So yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's a tear break for me. So yeah, I think the interesting thing is you said at the start of this show that you are ageist, and I'm thinking, well, I'm 31. <laughs> Tay Adams is 31. We're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> One of us has a dynasty back on. One's earning millions of dollars. Yeah. I can also push Cameron over. It's also a skill that I have. Yes. The last trade that we found was the 25 first, an ambiguous 25 first and second, or Debo Samuel. Does a future matter to you? We, we mentioned the trade of a future before, Tom, but let's just recap one more time. I think I'm taking the two picks here. I think Debo is the type of player that you can you can buy in season. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll yeah, take the two picks. I agree. It's it's the uh, the two picks, honestly, by like by far. That's it's not very common you can get a trade like that off in a league. So I'm taking, especially for a receiver like him. Yeah, so. I think the only way it does happen is like you said earlier, people just are more flipping with twenty fives or even twenty sixes yep. than they should be. Um, so you I can agree. see it happen. You do see it happen, but I'm with you guys. I think the picks are the way to go at the moment. Even though Debo was fantastic for a large part of the end of that year, um, actually pushed Tom well into our playoffs in the the league of record and made it very scary to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, I got to tell you, it was, it was league record. Ride. It was me versus Tom Lee. For the rights to go to the finals, he had Brock Purdy. I had uh, you had Brock Purdy and Kittle, I believe, and I had Christian McCaffrey and Debo. And let me tell you, I needed Brock Purdy to to absolutely implode, and boy did he ever! My God! Uh, thank you, Christian McCaffrey, who still got it done against the Ravens, and thank you to the fifteen targets I think Debo got in that game. Uh, to, se- to secure me that yeah shout out <laughs> shout out absolutely love it shout out sam darnold for helping debo get over the hump there uh, from memory shout Brock out. needed to score eight points yeah and he was benched on five because he threw four picks yeah <laughs> truly just unbelievable for me i needed it still haven't won the league of record but we moved up from third to second this year after Man, you know three or four straight years that's gonna do it that's the show a bit longer than we wanted to but we we talked about coaching which you normally wouldn't have done so subtract 20 minutes i think we did pretty good just listen at 1.5 you know that's that's how we do i should put that at the beginning of the show not the end but anyway that's the point let's get some final th- let's get some final thoughts and then we can get on out of here tom lee brilliant final thoughts as we used to do i normally bring a little bit of uh aussie vernacular back again uh, and today's special treat for you guys is truth Tom, what do you think okay. truth means? Uh, I, I think I think it's a stroll. I think uh, I think it's like uh, going out for a, for a strut, uh, and, and having and having a having a strut, but it, it's a truth. Interesting, Andy. Thoughts? I think it means uh, going out for a drink. <laughs> Is this going to be okay. your best for everything Australian? Because there are a lot of things in Australia going out for a drink. Smoke <laughs> He'll get yeah. one right eventually. <laughs> Probably every second week. No, Struth is an expression of surprise or disappointment. So if you happen across oh. something that's surprise, oh, Struth, that's your that's where it belongs. Is it like that's that's pretty Struth? No, surprising. No, it's, it's more. It's it's like a, it's like a oh my god, like it's a reactionary word. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's not Struth a exclamation. Word. Oh, Struth. Yeah. Okay, yeah, gotcha. It's, it's an exclamation of sorts. Okay, got it. I learned. I I love this so much because I always learn. New stuff. It's it's so amazing. Andy, final thoughts? It's truth. I didn't know I was up yet. I thought you were going. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, amazing. Look, my final thoughts are always the same. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. Remember that and have a great time. Remember there's other people on the side of your screens when you're out there yelling and talking all your shit. Remember there's still people. Remember to check in on your loved ones, even if you're not sure that they need it. Remember that... Uh, Clear, clear eyes, full hearts can never lose in your best days. Glory spent tilting. We will see you same bat time, same bat channel next week. Good night, everybody.